Ultimately, we're all about trust, right? We believe that there is a lack of trust in international organizations. There is proof uh, of that. And so we've made it our mission to help create trusted companies with our solutions. And so we think trust is really what's most important, the most important corporate capital. And with the transparency, the in integrity that can be established with the solutions that we're providing, we're hoping to create these and build these trusted companies. That was Marco Goldberg, Managing Director at EQS Group. I'm Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to the FCPA Compliance Report. Today, I visit with Marco about how his company's efforts at creating trust in organizations has led to better values, more effective compliance, and a more well-rounded and ethical corporate culture. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode, and I'm thrilled today to have with me Marco Goldberg. Marco, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Could you tell us a little bit about your academic and professional background? Yes. So I uh, started out studying international industrial management in Stuttgart, Germany, where I'm from originally, and ultimately decided to also get a master's degree. So I have a master's and an MBA from the Berlin School of Business and Entrepreneurship, which is, was a program in combination with a full-time job at EQS, a great program that was offered when I started there as the executive assistant. So yeah, I uh, went to school for international business, and that's my academic background. So what's your current role, Marco? Yes, yeah, so I'm the managing director of EQS Group's North American business, and with that, I oversee business development, project management, implementations, customer success, so quite a broad range, and yeah, it's been an exciting ride. Who is the EQS Group, and what do you guys stand for? Yes, so EQS Group, we are a leading provider of corporate compliance solutions and investor relations solutions headquartered in Munich, Germany. For those who haven't heard of us, we have around 15 offices globally, 12 in the European Union, and North America and New York serves as our central hub here. And today we have around 600 employees, serve about 9,000 customers globally, and primarily in the speak up space, but also conflict of interest management, gifts and entertainment management, and, and offer a one-stop shop central solution for corporate compliance. And uh, yeah, ultimately, we're all about trust, right? We believe that there is a lack of trust in international organizations. There is proof uh, of that. And so we've made it our mission to help create trusted companies with our solutions. And so we think trust is really what's most important, the most important corporate capital. And with the transparency, the in integrity that can be established with the solutions that we're providing, we're hoping to create these and build these trusted companies. So how does trust translate into enhanced corporate culture, in your opinion? Yeah. So I think ultimately when you think about the fundament of an organization, you have this pyramid where at the bottom you have the interpersonal relationships. And these interpersonal relationships, they start with trust. And if you look at it from a holistic perspective, all stakeholders within an organization, employees, suppliers, customers, all these relationships are based on trust, right? And so if 
companies ensure that we have uh, that they have a, a a culture of integrity where we do what we say ultimately that's what integrity is we do what we say we follow the laws we follow the regulations and that that helps and we can prove that too we we have we have written proof of that and we have mechanisms to ensure that and we have for example we give employees a voice to speak up and we have an ISMS system for secure data security and it goes on it just shows all stakeholders that this is a company that is to be trusted and so i think that's where starting from a culture of integrity to establish that trust is, is critical and that's how the correlation is there so how do uh, you've talked about eqs as a company but in liaisoning with compliance teams on your customer base how do you help them create the trust that they need so that they're not known as Dr. No from the land of no or the land of business non-development. Exactly. Yeah. So we are strong and we have our focus in a number of areas in corporate compliance and how we ultimately help companies create trust is by offering secure and high-performing software that allows companies to build this culture of integrity. And an example is our speak-up solution, Integrity Line. Uh, We we offer a global speak-up solution that's scalable, uh, that's based on security, number one, and intuitiveness for the reporter and for the person actually looking at reports that are coming in. So the speak-up side is one. And of course, being compliant and ensuring you have an auditable system that is compliant with all the global regulations with the EU Whistleblower Protection Directive. Now, some changes, and we'll address that later, maybe in a little bit greater detail. But so the speak-up side is one, managing conflicts of interest, helping companies and make it easy for employees to understand what a conflict is and to have it have an easy measure to uh, disclose conflicts. The same for gifts and entertainment. Uh, so covering a wide variety of important compliance mechanisms and, and workflows, policy management being another one. And what we do is we centralize all of that on one platform, the our compliance cockpit, and that allows then to have all the data in one place. And in the future, to be able to recognize patterns within your risk profile, within the different areas of your compliance program. And ultimately, we help them automating these processes, so be more efficient, have it all documented, and ultimately giving employees a central place. Because oftentimes you have the problem that employees don't really know where to go for anything. I apologize. I have a bit of a lighting issue here. may have to quickly hit the pause button. Oh, you're fine. You're good. Yeah. And... Yes. So ultimately, that's how we help giving employees a voice with the speak up solution, making it easy for employees to disclose, understand uh, policies, access policies, access all things approval related. And uh, yeah, so ultimately improving the workflows to uh, allow compliance professionals to be successful. And in addition to having it an integrated platform, and you mentioned the ability to put everything in one place, I would also assume that leads to the ability to provide an auditable trail if someone wants to come in and set how something went from a whistleblower report to triage slash investigation to remediation, if appropriate, or that sort of thing. So each one of those and each one of the components of the toolkit, would that be fair? Yes, absolutely. Our solution is has an audit track. 
on everything that happens. So on the speak up side, of course, as little as someone opening up a case and looking at a case, right? All of that is tracked. And of course, we ensure that the communication with the reporter after a report is submitted happens within the protected environment of the system where you do have that audit trail or the same applies for example on the gift and entertainment side, right? Communication between the compliance professional and the employee, all of that is audit ready. And so essentially if there ever is an audit, it's a click of a button and you have all the information of what happened at what time on a very granular basis. So that of course, from a documentation perspective is huge. And we see some very large organizations and Fortune 100 companies that don't yet have the documentation or at least the audit readiness across their entire compliance program. And let me start with changes in regulatory framework, such as the EU Whistleblower Protection Directive. Why is that important to communicate that to compliance professionals? And how does the EQS group help them make the necessary changes to comply with that directive? Yes. So with the EU Whistleblower Protection Directive, which was initially drafted in 2019 by the the European Union, right, it has the idea of essentially preventing retaliation and making it safe for people to report and have one guideline across and one standard, right, setting a standard across the European Union. And so Europe is a little bit behind on that, but now there's been pretty extensive regulation that obviously has passed and each of the 27 member states was able to interpret the directive, right, into the local laws. And so ultimately you have a set of very similar, but in some cases differing local requirements. And now we have some penalty deadlines approaching, for example, in Germany, where we now see companies also on the smaller end, understanding the need uh, of implementing. But from a global perspective, I think the EU Whistleblower Protection Directive is one of the most far-reaching new regulations in the field of speak-up or whistleblowing. And it is important for global organizations, maybe U.S. headquartered organizations that have substantial operations in, in Europe, to understand with those penalties coming down the pipeline, what are really the requirements and how do we ensure we fulfill these requirements? For example, outside of the what's kind of commonly known, the acknowledgement and the feedback deadlines, the easy things, we have the need to train local compliance manager or case managers, experts in how to effectively investigate a case, how to prevent retaliation if a case is reported. And so you, for example, also have the requirement in countries like Italy or Sweden to offer local reporting uh, versus central reporting to maybe a headquarter in the United States or somewhere else. And so having a system that allows for that is important. And with our roots being in Europe as EQS, we serve some of the largest companies in Europe that are very international. And so we have experts in over 12 countries and can really provide that local expertise on what the interpretation in each of the region is. But yeah, it it ultimately comes down to regulatory compliance, the penalties. We see it on the GDPR data privacy side, and that the same will apply now slowly but surely in in the speak-up space as it's becoming just a, a more broadly known and it just as it's being weaved into the culture. It's fairly new in Europe, but it is now there with the directive. And how about some of the industry trends in the compliance tech space? What are you guys seeing? Yeah, obviously, AI is the big buzzword, rightfully. Outside of that is we see with obviously heightened pressure from a organized hacking 
and just cybercrime perspective, just the need for security and data privacy, number one. Outside of that, I'd say number two, just workflow centralization, right? Going from a, a place where we have different information sets in the compliance field and different silos, right? Maybe I have my speak up solution here. I have the data here. I have my risk management solution here. I have my gifts and entertainment solution here. Just stream bringing, centralizing this onto one central database to ultimately uh, generate some actionable insights. Uh, I'd say that's number two. And then, yeah, AI, we talked about it, number three. It's not going to, uh, not, not only going to transform our daily lives, but of course also will impact uh, impact how we run effective compliance programs. So the, the, these are the three trends, the big trends that we see. How about in the data protection and security area? I can't think of too many areas more ubiquitous, more important, and have more visibility right now. Yeah, yeah. It starts at ransomware attacks that we see across many industries, uh, but it goes further to GDPR data breaches, generally data breaches. So there, there are countless examples, and we see the frequency also within our customer base, right? We have about 9,000 customers. We see, it, we see it increasing. And so the attention on security when building out a program, a compliance program, the importance, it just has to be placed very high. And so we've seen data breaches now even within our industry and so within the compliance software industry. And so for us as a provider of, of technology, it was always important. And having our roots in Europe, we always had two pillars. One was security, which is the number one value, and, and that has to be included in everything we do. And then number two, intuitiveness, right? You still want, to, want these systems to be easy to use. But from a security perspective, one of the main decisions that we made very early on to help is to hand over the encryption key to our customers, meaning we have no access to our customers' data. EQS, we have no access to our customers' data, and that adds just an additional layer of security. For example, when you think about the, the Patriot Act, right? If we were subpoenaed by a government, we are in no technical position to hand out data. It is the data is controlled and, and, and only accessible by our customers. And, and with that, of course, comes some downsides. We can't use it for marketing or benchmarking purposes. But that's a strategic decision where we place security above everything else because we understand how important, how the sensitive information, specifically in the speak-up space, right, we're talking about some of the most sensitive information. And then, of course, it comes with just a, a strong and a well-resourced ISMS management system, all the certifications in place, 27 ISO certificates, ISAE 3000, external penetration testing. All these things become much more important because the cost of a data breach has increased as well quite substantially. And so that is, yeah, just something that has been second thought in many cases. Yes, there is a mandatory IT security check, but it's not a first or maybe a priority for a lot of compliance teams. And I think that uh, seeing what's, what's happening, I think that is, is something where there will be more attention. Marco, this next question, I'm going to read it to you, but it, it is composed of so many different topics, issues, and even insights. And the question is, how can you create workflow centralization to derive actionable intelligence, which you can drive across an organization? So I want to break that down into workflow centralization, actionable intelligence, and then deri deriving it across the organization. How can or how does 
EQS group help compliance officers really in all three of those areas? Yeah, it's a complex question, and I think it's obviously a, a big undertaking for any organization, and I addressed it earlier a little bit. Most companies have started by looking for solving different problems, solving the problem of having a speak-up solution one, maybe, solving a problem of having a, a policy management solution, uh, solving a problem of having a risk management solution. Uh, and, and that started, obviously, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, for some organizations that are very mature at this point. But we see that there are many, for those organizations that are mature enough to have software deployed for all of these workflows, primarily they have it in different based on, on, on different IT stacks. So the data doesn't speak to one another. Now you can build API, but that's a very cumbersome undertaking to let these systems that are not native to one another speak to one another. And so I think starting with the workflow side, our idea is to have one central platform that covers all the central, all the major compliance workflows, ones we mentioned, the speak up side, policy management, gifts and entertainment, approvals, and to have all of these workflows happening on one central platform, which then allows you to collect all this information, all the data that's being generated also on one platform and have the data on one organized database that then allows you to, and that's the second part of the question, right? Workflow streamlining happens by, by having it in on one platform, but then how do you actually get the information, right? You put yourself in a position to have all the data in one place. And with that, you can then start to look at pattern recognition, right? Where do we see patterns? Maybe an employee that's mentioned in a report that also has received a higher number of gifts, for example. So we can start now, look from, go from a siloed to a centralized database of information. I'm going to have to cut here. Sorry, I don't know what's going on here with this lightning. So. And moving from the siloed organization to a more centralized one then allows for pattern recognition, right? And the next step is then deriving intelligence from it. So now having all the data in one place is one task, but how do you actually generate intelligence? And that's where there's a nice bridge now to generative AI that has now matured to a point where it can be deployed to be much faster at this pattern recognition and to provide context for something that's happening and to help derive the intelligence by just analyzing the data much faster than we humans can do. And that's, I think, how we're going to get to the actual intelligence, deriving the actual intelligence from it. Yeah. Next up, AI tech for compliance. We could probably devote an entire podcast to this, but how are yeah. you guys using it or how are you being... Maybe what questions are you being asked by your clients and your customers about the incorporation of AI into not only the EQS tools, but, or I should say toolkit, but how does a compliance officer take advantage of the power of AI? Yes, great question. And obviously it's the, the big topic uh, for us when I would say at the beginning of the year is when it started with Chat GBT, it started to really become uh, apparent that this will be uh, a major leap in, in technology. And what we did is we, we took a thoughtful approach, right? We didn't rush to build just something to put an AI stamp on it and then scream in the market. We took some time basically from the beginning of the year to mid-year to look at how can AI throughout our platforms and our, our solutions really generate value for the compliance team. So we looked at what are easy, quick wins 
And for example, if we think about the speak up space uh, with AI, uh, it will be very easy. And that's some of the thing, all of the, the things that I'm mentioning is what we're currently building. And uh, some of them will be available as early as uh, next month uh, is the prioritization and classification, right? You receive a case, here's an a concern, an allegation. How important is it? What how, how, what classification does it fit? That easy legwork can be done by AI or um, a automated response to a reporter based tailored to the allegation of the concern that they reported. Uh, one of the things we offer voice voice recording, which is, has voice distortion built in to protect the identity. So transcribing that in the past wasn't possible because we had the, the distortion built in. Now with AI, we can actually transcribe this automatically. So we also have it in text format. But something much more valuable is what we're building is called our context feature. So that's already looking at relevant elements across the different applications. So similar allegations, similar subjects, people that are involved, employees that are involved. And it recognizes already these patterns and provides context for a case that helps you decide on what the next steps are in the investigation. So these are some things that, that we're building on the speak up side. Policy management is another one. We are uh, building, and right now it's called Policy Buddy, may have a different name at some point, but it's ultimately a, an AI-powered search chatbot, right? So for easy questions, can I accept this gift? Can I travel-related questions? All of these frequently asked questions can easily be answered by AI technology and also pointing out the section in the policies because you always talk about there's still... It's not perfect. There's still hallucination happening within AI. And so you have to make sure that you still have the relevant checks and balances in place to point employees to the right section, telling them what the ultimate answer is, but still providing context of here's the actual policy section where your answer is, is living. Right. So these are some of the really exciting things that we we're built. And that's what and we're answering obviously questions by customers. We did a, a good number of interviews on where customers also see, see values, suggestions, and prioritize it based on that. So there's a couple of really exciting, and, and not just exciting, really just value-generating tools that are coming down the pipe that wouldn't be possible before without that technology existing. So let me give you a two-part question because they're both heads and tails really of the same issue. And that is, how can the use of AI technology make compliance, the lives of compliance professionals easier? That's the heads. And the tails is, should compliance professionals actually be afraid of AI? Right. So I want to address the, the second part of the question first, uh, because it's, it's a big question, right? I think anyone who claims to have the perfect answer is probably maybe a bit too, uh, too secure in what they're doing. But from my personal point of view, AI has already been here, right? If we get a suggestion on a text message, for example, on what the next word should be, it's, it's already using AI. And it's very clear it's definitely here to stay. So the, the, the fear of something, I don't think is necessarily helpful because it may, especially when that thing is imminent, and that is AI will be deployed across all aspects of our life, of our technology lives. And I think you, you're missing out on the potential if you are afraid of something. So yes, on the risk side, I think it's important to understand what the risks are and still and still factor those in as we're building solutions in the compliance space. 
the risk of maybe a, a generative AI, large language model-based feature hallucinating, right? How do we ensure that still in those cases we get the right answer? And But I think, yeah, I think the upsides within the field of compliance, and, and it's obviously a limit, narrowing it down quite a bit. Within the field of compliance, I think the upsides to make compliance professionals much more efficient and being able to focus maybe more on the bigger issues than the day-to-day little manual work, cumbersome work of answering the same questions over and over again, I think there is more potential than risk within the field of compliance. Now, that said, there are obviously risks maybe that are greater that will be up to the companies and regulators to address. But I think AI is here to, from a compliance perspective, help us become more efficient and be better at pattern recognition and smarter ultimately with that. Now, how can we streamline workflows and and use AI to our advantage in the compliance space? Some of the things that I addressed earlier, right? Just some, a lot of manual work that had to be done manually before can now be automated. And that frees up time to look at what, what's our risk profile? What are the patterns? Where do we possibly have to invest more in training, right? Being able to spend more time on the actual analysis and, and generating intelligence and then acting on it and less time on manual work, manually transcribing something, manually uh, maybe anonymizing a case that has come in. Uh, that's another feature that we're building right now. So these are some examples of how AI will help us just become more efficient and with that have more time to focus on the on on the, the things that matter. Let me ask you to turn your head down the road to perhaps 2030. And where do you see the evolution of tech and compliance, AI and compliance, and just the general evolution of compliance from where you sit? Yeah, it, it's obviously always a big question looking so far. Now we're in 2023. It's only, what, seven years until then. But looking at ethics and compliance and the way that the regulatory framework is moving, I think personally compliance will only gain in significance within the organizations. The need of justifying why budgets are needed will become less and less as we see examples of situations where we talked about data breaches, we talked about ransomware attacks, and then just ultimately side. But obviously those situations will help on the C-suite level, understand why it's important to have a well-resourced ethics and compliance program. So I think budgets are going to increase the maturity of compliance programs, even within smaller organizations, maybe 500 plus employees will increase. And then of course, it's tough to know where where AI will take us and where all the technology, that there will be more efficiencies. It'll be much easier to understand patterns within the data. And I think we'll be able to go from a somewhat reactive, sorry, this hopefully is the last time, somewhat reactive. Yeah, I think we'll go from a somewhat reactive nature of compliance programs across the board to a more proactive because we'll be able to streamline a lot of the manual work that's happening and to actually become, you know, proactive understanding where we have to apply our resources to ensure we have a culture of integrity within the organization. We have the necessary policies in place, procedures in place, and we have the necessary training in place. So I think 
compliance will be a lot more proactive than reactive by 2023. So Marco, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself, on the EQS group, what would be the best place or places for them to go? Yes. So we have a number of places. Obviously, our website is always designed to explain what we're doing, how we help. We have a great blog on our website. So that's www.eqs.com. We have a great uh, ethics and compliance blog on the latest topics. We also do host Europe's largest compliance conference, the ECEC. So that has around 7,000 attendees every year. It is focused on Europe, but we do have attendees from all across the globe. That is ecec-community.com and our LinkedIn account obviously always provides the latest updates. So these three places, right, our website, the ECEC, and our LinkedIn is where I would point anyone who's interested in, in learning more. Mark, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me today, and I hope we can continue this conversation. So do I. It was a pleasure to be with you, Tom. I really appreciate it. This is Tom Vox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to. I'd like to tell you about two great new podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network, Adventures in Compliance, where I look at the intersection of Sherlock Holmes, leadership, compliance, and business ethics. I'm doing all of the Sherlock Holmes stories as well as the novels. Another is Report from ECI 2023, where I interviewed speakers, guests, and participants at ECI 2023. I know you'll enjoy both of these new podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>